0: This is the story of Rick Ann Keel. From pitching phenom to briefly out of the game of baseball, then the remarkable return as a power-hitting outfielder, a fan favorite. This is the story of redemption in the game of baseball and of the game of life. This is the story of Rick Ann Keel. Alright, you're playing baseball, you're a little kid. Did you ever think in your lifetime, in your wildest imagination, you become Rick Ann Keel, New York Times
1: bestseller with a book? No. (laughs) (laughs) Was it fun to do the book? It was. Um, And you know, I chose Tim Brown and he knew the story beforehand, right? So we didn't have to start from scratch and I think that made it easier. Um, But it was, you know, I purposely um, avoided a lot of those memories, especially when it came to the throwing stuff and even some of the childhood stuff. Um, I just never really went back and revisited it. and, And the longer you stay away from it, you do sort of forget it becomes a different life. Um it was interesting to go back through those times um and then hear other people's perspectives of it also, right? What their take was on it. Um and just re relive some of it and it was good. It was very therapeutic. I didn't think um I thought that I had spoke about it enough. Um that I was past a lot of it or whatever, but um like I said very therapeutic. I'm glad I did it um and the you know the feedback I got from it was really good. I bet you got it from people not in sports. I bet you got it from all walks of life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you name it. I mean, all kind of professions of people saying they went through something similar, um, you know, and, and how they they got over it or didn't get over it, and, and how you know my book possibly helped them connect the dots and some things that they didn't realize um, had happened in their lives that was causing some things. Did you have any trepidation
0: about doing it? Like were you, they approach you and you go. I don't want to do a book. I know you a little bit.
1: You're like that kind of guy, but I bet it was great. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, and, you know, the closest people around me that I trust the most, um, you know, just telling me, hey, listen, this is going to be a good thing. You're going to, you're going to help people. Um, and then the first thing I, I wanted to do is reach out to my mom and I said, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing and I want to make sure that you're okay with it first because, you know, you're going to have to relive some of this stuff with me. So... Um, you know, she was on board and, and I think it was beneficial for both of us. How many people have you heard from? I mean, if you could put a number on it, what do, what do you think that is? I don't even know if there's a Thousands? Number. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, you know, especially when we were out marketing the book and going through it. Um, yeah, it was, and it, you know, it felt good to, to feel that it's rewarding, to feel that you're helping people. So when you're sitting
0: down doing an interview with me and you had to market the book, which is part of the process of doing this, did you like doing all the interviews and then having to kind of relive some of these things that some of it was great, some of it not?
1: It was fine. It became, um, you know, you, you do so many interviews and it was the same questions over and over that it became like a, a, just a pitch almost. You know, I mm-hmm. felt like I could walk into the room and just say, you know what, don't even ask a question. I'm going to just go and <laughs> then we're done if you have something else. Right. Yeah. Was it, did, did any of it get uncomfortable for you in reliving
0: some of these things?
1: Um from time to time, but um like I said it became therapeutic to just get it out there and, and um you know it's I think it at the end too, it helped a lot of my relationships. And I'll even say with you or with Tony La Russa or, or people who where you think you know the story and you don't quite know it all. And then you get in there and you get the details of it a little bit more. And then I think it just helps people understand, you know, where I was coming from a lot of the time.
0: I, that's what I was going to ask you. What was it like former teammates and people that were there in uniform, whether it was, you know, coaches, Tony, players, your teammates, your buddies. What what was their reaction to it?
1: Um, That's a lot of the conversations that I had was, you know, I thought I knew what was going on, but really didn't know the scope of it. Um, And it just seemed to, um, it just helped. You know, I I think I was, I, I got to be so standoffish from media, from everyone, just, you know, wanting to keep a lot of that stuff to myself. And, you know, a lot of the questions became about stuff I didn't want to talk about. Um, that I think it just filled in the gaps for a lot of people and it it just seemed to mend the relationships. Not that there was anything wrong, but just open it up and and, um, help people understand me. Could you ever figure out what happened on that day when the Wildness did
0: take place? Have you ever felt like I've gotten to the the X factor as to why that took
1: place? I mean, at the end of the day, you just lose your confidence in your ability. But, I mean, when, when I go through it, no, there's no reason why. The more people I've talked to that have been through it, um, you know, you go through their backgrounds trying to figure out what was going to happen. But, uh, you know, just it all spirals so fast. Um, you know, here we are. So many. We just got done with Mental, healthness,
0: uh, mental Health Awareness Month. Um, what would you say to somebody that in any walk of life is, like, on the fence about maybe going to visit somebody that could help them? What would you say? I would say Go.
1: Um, absolutely you know you 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 need to talk about it um, you know and you need professional I would say you need professional help I'm a big advocate of that um, and I talk all the time about Harvey Dorfman who helped me and it wasn't just the throwing stuff it was just becoming a man and going back in and and, you know figuring it out that it's it's not your fault and and ways to cope and um, healthy ways to cope and just how to get on with life
0: coming up he quits as a pitcher but he is convinced to return as an outfielder. What was it like to return that first day back in the clubhouse? That's next on Fox 2. Scoops with Danny Mac is brought to you by Schnucks, Lou Fuse, Triad Bank, and Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. His days of pitching were officially behind him. Now it's Rick Ankeel, the outfielder. Could this really happen? So let's go back to your when you're sitting on the couch, baseball's done. You were you were done, right? Mm, I was done. 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 Over. Yep. You were mentally checked out. Checked out. Said forget it. I'm <laughs> I'm good. And they call you back, and it was literally within hours, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they say, oh by the way, um, grab a bat. We'd like to see what you can do as a position player. When they say that to you, your
1: response was. Um, I've. Well, I said, is nobody listening to me? I just I just quit. I'm done. I retired. It's over. Um, you know, back then, people just didn't let people do that. So it felt like, you know, I was kind of shocked, um, and I needed time to think about it. Scott Boris called and said that, and I just, I was like, I, I got to call you back. I got to think about this. And you called him back, and you called said him yes? Back. Yep, I said yes. So what clicked? Um, I started walking around the house, and I started thinking about the process, what this was going to be like. Um you know what the road back looked like and that's on the field off the field media everything that's going to come with it. Uh, I found a bat in the house and I was standing in the middle of the living room and I started taking swings and I started visualizing um, hitting home runs and I visualized hitting a home run back in the big leagues and it was like this whole feeling came over me and picked up the phone and said I'm in. And then you go to spring training the next day, Mm -hmm. you
0: go to the clubhouse, you show up and what was the reaction of your teammates?
1: Um, Most people laughed. Um I think Did that bother you? No, not really, because I felt, you know, it was the first time in a long time that I actually could joke around. Um because that weight of trying to throw a strike, that worry, the constant stress, uh was gone. Um of course I knew I was gonna have to try to play catch in the outfield. Um and I still didn't like short distances. I still don't. But you know, when you're playing in the outfield, um once I got out past 100 feet, I could just hit the guy in the chest for whatever no reason. problems. No problems. So, um, you know, I just thought about it. Well, just to tell my get throwing partner, like, start start far. I don't want to start short. How tough was it as a hitter to come back? Was it tough?
0: Um, yeah, it was. tough. Because you're you're an unbelievable yeah. athlete, and you did it in high school. But this is pro ball, so it's a totally different animal. But you really felt you could do it, obviously.
1: I did, um, and I felt like I had I was in a no lose situation. Um, I knew I had power it was gonna be could I hit for a high enough average to, to do it every day and then can I hit when the pitchers are now really trying to get me out um, which at that point you know they stopped laying cookies in there for me you know they were starting to pitch to me not as much as you would a, a position player but they weren't just throwing me cookies so um, you know the biggest challenge was really getting your body ready to take that beating every single day versus versus once a week um, the first day that first day I went out there the Cardinals were great they're like look take take three ABs in it, single A, take three ABs in double A, you know, blah, 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 and then meet us back over here. And I went four for six with a homer. So, (laughs) Um, you know, that started out good, that's for sure. Absolutely. Jimmy Edmonds, others, our buddy, he was, he was helpful. I, he's told me he gave you a glove. Okay, so yeah, well, thank you for getting back to that. So he was very helpful. So he called me over to his locker and he laughed and he's like, hey, welcome to the dark side. <laughs> um, and he gave me this little teeny glove, little infield glove, might even be smaller than an infield glove, he's like, here, use this. Go field balls with this forever. By the time you put on your outfield glove, it'll feel like a
0: net. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, when you're going through the minor leagues, did you think, it was it going to happen? Like, could you feel it like, hey, I'm, I'm getting there? This is going to happen. I am
1: going to make it back. Did you feel that? Um, It took about 100 at-bats. The first 100 at-bats, you know, you're trying to figure it out, you know, and quite honestly, it was harder to hit in the lower levels uh, just because guys are slinging balls all over the place. They can't really throw strikes. So it it, it took that to try to dial in the strike zone. Um, And then after that, it felt like it started to come. I felt like this is going to work. When you got the call
0: that you're getting called up, what was that like as opposed to the first call up as a pitcher
1: and you're going to make a start in Montreal? Uh, um, it was unbelievable. I remember we were, we were in Tacoma and it was Hammer Maloney and he walked in and um, our plane had been delayed. So we were supposed to fly out, let's say at like 7 p.m., got delayed. We didn't end up leaving until 12 a.m. So he's like, you guys got like four hours, go do whatever you want, just be back at the gate whatever time. So he came and found us. We we're all sitting in a restaurant. Um, and gave me the news. And so, you know, immediately I start calling my wife and, um, you know, family, friends, all that. Uh, We get on the plane, I'll never forget. So we get on the plane. Now it's 12, it's 12 a.m. West Coast. I'm flying into Memphis, I'm gonna land in Memphis and then drive to St. Louis and I'm playing that night. So I sit down and I'm sitting down next to two giant people in this middle row with like zero room, (laughs) right? Um, And Chris Conroy, our trainer for the Cardinals, who's still there now, he's like, hey, I got an exit row window. I'll trade you. And that might have been the greatest gift I've ever received. (laughs) So um, we traded and, uh, you know, I got some sleep. I got to rest and then just an incredible, just an incredible journey. My wife was packing up the apartment in Memphis. I got there and now we're driving. You know, you would think after going through all the throwing things that I wouldn't be nervous. But, um, you know, the closer we got to the stadium, it was like, I don't know. My heart started beating. You start feeling those things. I ended up uh, missing BP. So when I got to the stadium and I walked in, um, you know, just the the teammates and the high fives, the hugs, everybody. It was it was incredible. Um, comparing it to the first time, it was just completely different. Um, they were both amazing. Just they were just way different because the second time it felt like this is redemption. I made it back. Nobody was giving me a chance um, and it was a chance for me to prove that I could do it. How emotional was the drive with your wife? You know, I, it, w- it, was, it was very emotional just um, in the context of what was happening. And I, I'm actually thankful that we had that long flight because being tired I think just kind of puts you in like almost a, a zen type mode where I wasn't like freaking out. You yeah. know. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's just caring and wanting it to go well. And wanting that, that you know, that first game to be magical and, and all the things that come with that, so.
0: Coming up, Ricky Ankiel makes it back to the big leagues as a hitter. His first game back delivers a moment that nobody will forget. That's next on Scoops with Danny Mac. Scoops with Danny Mac is brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. On the Run. Delta Dental. Hair Saloon for Men and Lordo's Diamonds. And Keel out to deep right field, has a chance to leave the ballpark. It's gone!
1: A three-run
0: shot for Rick and Keel back in the major leagues. Remarkable. It was magical. What what do you remember if you can? I mean, I know you've seen it a million times. People talk about it maybe being the best moment at that ballpark. People say that they were there that night. They say, I get goosebumps thinking about now. It's the best moment they've ever seen because of everything you had gone through.
1: What did it mean to you and, and the emotions of that night? I, it's hard to put it into words. You, um, I, so I remember my first at-bats, Chris Young, you know, and he doesn't throw hard, but he throws those high fastballs. I'm left-handed. I like it down, not up. Um, so I was swinging at it. He, first pitch he threw, was up here. I'm swinging at it. I popped it up. I think I struck out. Um, so then it, now you're 0 for 2, and it's like you can almost feel, or maybe I'm making it up. Like, well, maybe he can't do it. Maybe this isn't going to work. Um, and then I got that at bat against Doug Brocal and he you know, threw a little slider that he left kind of too far up. When I hit it, um, I wasn't sure I got enough of it, but I knew I got it pretty good. So, you know, I'm running to first. You're looking at the right fielder. You're looking at the wall. Like, is it going to go? Once I knew it was over, um, I really didn't know what to do. You know, I like gave it like a half fist pump, but I didn't go crazy. It was what. Do I do cartwheels now? You know, like this is happening. But I remember rounding the bases and it felt like I was in a dream. That's what it felt like. And I I remember rounding second and I could see Cheo, Jose Aquendo. And I thought, and I could, you know, the fans were going crazy. The ground was shaking. Um, and I was, I remember the thought of like, this is happening, I did it. Yes. You know?
0: um, and it was incredible. The two throws in Colorado, the two best throws I've ever seen. Uh, I'll ask the guy that did it. Have you seen better throws from the outfield? Never.
1: That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I was going to say, don't be humble. <laughs> um, you know, that's funny because I, um, I kept everything under wraps. But you know what? After that second one, I wish I would have shot magic arrows or something. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, those were fun. When I watched the
0: replay of both those events, there's two things I think of the most outside of what you did. Uh, one was Tony actually smiling and clapping. And the other one was Chris Duncan going crazy in the background in the dugout, which you've seen a million times. Let's go back to Tony. What did he say to you when, if you can remember, when you got to the dugout and had a chance to, you know, high five, handshake, whatever,
1: pat on the back? What did he say? Um, Nobody really said anything in the dugout. Um, Just beyond high five, and that was amazing, and this and that. Now, after the game, Um, when you go back to the first throw, because Willie Tavares was on second, I'm not sure who was on first, there was one out. So it was fly ball to center, I should have thrown the ball to second. Was he on first? I think so. Okay. So the ball should have went to second. Um, Just to keep the double play in order um, and all that. Anyway, um, I was walking into the hotel and Tony was with a group of his friends eating dinner and um, uh, John Elway's. And um, he was like, "Hey, that was a great throw, but don't ever f and do it again." So, <laughs> but it was one of those comments where I don't think he was—it was like a semi-joke, but yeah. not really. Yeah, yeah. You have the point across, <laughs> yeah, like he do. normally does.
0: Yeah. Um, with everything you've been through, ups and downs, and you know, I'm sure so many sleepless nights and the wonderment of it, do you love the game of baseball? Do you still have the appreciation and love it as when you were a kid and enjoyed it?
1: Yeah, I do. Um you know, it's it's interesting watching the game now and really when I watch it and I was thinking this last night I was sitting in the booth with you. It it that se- the playing days seem like a different time. I watch like how fast these guys are and the just what they're able to do right now and it doesn't seem like I was ever able to do that. It's strange. But you were. I w- I know. You I'm were that guy. You. I'm with you. It's it's neat. It, it's fun to be, it's fun to be around it um and my kids are getting to that age now too, so it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. So you're not bitter about the game at all? No, I was at first, when, when I first retired, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go out maybe not the way you want, and you're not sure if you like it. Um, I didn't want to watch it, it took, it took about six months, um, but now full swing back into it, love it. Do your kids know your story? They do. Um, I'm not sure if they grasp it all, but they definitely, they definitely know and they're definitely getting old enough now to, un, you know, like start to really understand. So um, yeah, I, I think they get it. They get more from their friends and their friends' dads, I feel like, than, than me at home. But you know how that goes. And, and knowing how you grew
0: up a little bit and reading your book, and we've talked, uh, you know, off camera and stuff, it, it's gotta make you uh, being a dad appreciate how to be, is none of us are perfect, but trying to be the right dad. Yeah, and I bet that's the way that you. I've seen you with your kids. You're awesome with your kids. That that probably helps you in what you're trying to do now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I just try to to give them all the things that I felt like I missed out on. Um, but I think every parent does that, right? It's it's no different. I, I feel like you, you know, you want what's best for your child, and there's always that that balance of um, are you raising them right? Are you spoiling them? Are you doing the right thing? I think that's always going to be a constant question, but you know I, we all do the best we can so coaching do you, do you think about doing that do you want to do that what at what level you tell me um i enjoy coaching the kids and helping out um especially right where they're getting right now and they're starting to get to that age where we can really start to get into some things um, that can help them be better players um i don't know about the professional level i mean i think i like helping from the outside um but especially with my kids being eight and 10, I, don't, I wouldn't wanna be in uniform because I wanna be able to see them grow up. Absolutely.
0: What are you most proud of when you reflect on your professional baseball career? There's a lot of things you be proud of. I mean, as a high school kid, you're the number one kid in high school. Everybody knew who you, your name was commonplace among baseball people when you were a little guy. Um, the unbelievable story with Major League Baseball. So, what are you most proud of? Uh,
1: I, I think a lot of it, really. Um, Making it the first time, um, giving it everything I had to come back and make it the second time. Um, I'm proud of all those things, and I'm proud of never giving up, and that's what's up. I showed up every day, I gave the best I could, and I think, you know, as a professional, um, you know, I can look in the mirror and say, I gave it everything I had. Best moment? Which one was it? Throws? Home run? Ugh. Pitching? What, what do you got? Um, There's a bunch of them in there and and I like them for different reasons, but the throws were amazing. The home run back was incredible. You couldn't write a better script. Um, You know, coming back and hitting a home run with the Braves, that was incredible. I grew up a Braves fan. Just there's moments in there where where at the time, um, you know, it was the greatest thing that ever happened. And it's, it's hard to put one against the
0: other. And my final question, what is your message to kids? You are an inspiration for so many people, whether you're in sports or any walk of life. What's your standard
1: inspiration when you talk to those people? Remember it's a game and have fun with it. Um, I was a perfectionist for a long time, and I I think it got me far, but I think it can get you in trouble too. Um, But remember to have fun with it, right? It's supposed to be a game. Have fun. Work hard. Show up. Do your thing. But have fun with the game.
0: It's an incredible story from a truly remarkable athlete and person, and that's Ricky Ann Keel. You can find Rick's book, The Phenomenon, wherever books are sold. Thanks to Ricky Ann Keel, a great story of the human spirit.